Ray. Hello. It's been a little while since we've done a pod. Had some stuff going on. Took us away. Apologize. Are you ready mm-hmm. to talk about... AEW. Full A-E. gear 2023. Full gear. Full gear. 2023. What was your anticipation level of this pay-per-view? I was pretty hyped. I'll say that. Um, there are a lot of matches on this card where... Uh, I think no matter what they would have done, something interesting would have come out. And, um, yeah, no, I think that, I think, um, in a lot of ways, this pay-per-view delivered. I will agree. I will agree that I thought, I think Swerve and Hangman, if you put gimmick matches in your rankings for top, 10 matches of the year, I think they have a shot at a top 10 match of the year, if that's how you book it. Yeah, I think this was a match of the year candidate. I think Swerve Hangman was like one of the most singular and um, even for like a hardcore match, like I think it was one of the most singular and um, impressive and uh, just great matches uh, that has happened this year, maybe just in AEW. So the way this is going to go, folks, First of all, appreciate you listening to Go Home Heat. That's who we are. We're going to have an intro in just a second. The way this is going to go, we're going to talk about a handful of matches, maybe not even that many. We're going to talk about where those characters may go after this. We're going to talk about how much we enjoyed or didn't enjoy what happened. And then we're going to be done. This is going to be a review, a knee-jerk reaction to parts of full gear from the forum in L.A., but we're in Cantonment, Florida. After... This. Welcome to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast. Here at Go Home Heat, our contributors focus on the stories and character arcs of the live action drama art form. An art form dating back to Zeus, featuring Lincoln and a bear and peaking with Robocop and Sting. In the words of Xavier Woods, the last form of theater in the round. And now, Go Home Heat. Okay. We're not going to get into the tag match with MJF and Samoa Joe much at all. And we're not going to touch it till we get to the end of this episode. Because it is a direct issue with the main event. Yes. So we're going to start with Christian Cage, Nick Wayne, Luchasaurus, Darby Allin, Sting, Adam Copeland... It was fun. It they was got fun. they got a lot of stuff in, and Christian avoids the finish of the match by running away, and I thought that was a good way to do it. Of course, the good guys get the win here to get everybody fired up. We did have prior to that um, MJF and Joe did go over. MJF got hurt. We'll get to that. Uh, Matthews Castanoli. Castanoli goes over. Uh, things we're not really going to get in detail. Eddie Kingston, Jay Lethal, Eddie Kingston re- retains. Now, I, I it was good that the first the first thing we're talking about. I thought it was good, and I think this is a program that goes further in. Right. I hope we break Adam Copeland away from the Stinger and Darby for a little bit, and we get into the Adam Copeland versus Christian Cage part of right. our. Story. Though I will say this, I did see a tweet earlier today that said 
I don't know if AEW have done anything better than this last little run that they have done with Sting. Um, and I, I think that's true. Like, I think with... It, it, I mean, they're going to have to stick the landing on it. But really, this last little run they've done with Sting has been basically perfect for Sting's legacy and Sting's... Uh, whatever. Just a really great um, tribute to him. We'll move on. AEW International Championship match. Orin Cassidy, John Moxley. Stunner. Not just that Cassidy won, but that we had Cassidy win definitively over the tough guy. Right. Mox did not sell some of his some of Orange's offense, and maybe some of you other folks that watch it will differ with me on that. Yeah. But it really looked like, and Mox can be a little bit of a I'm walking through the punishment type guy anyway, and then maybe he'll fall down after the uh, adrenaline gets him through a moment. But it really looked like he was overselling his tough guyness early in the match in order to, with the finish being, he takes several Superman punches to the head and then eats Orange's finish and loses that way. I think that may have been why he was overselling the tough guy bit. It worked. I thought Orange had to dig into his bag. Uh, Mox, I think Orange proved he was a tough guy right here. What did you agree? I agree. I thought it was well done. I thought it was a good story. I think it is a. We've seen Orange be a tough guy in that he answers the bell every week when he is the champion, and that allows him to move to the next week. But it isn't always in a match setting that we know how tough he is. It's more of a. Right. It's more of a. He can endure, not necessarily dish out. And here we saw him dish out. And we get more and more of this as, as the character progresses. And I appreciate the fact that his character is progressing. Yeah. And I think that it's a weird place. And you correct me if I'm wrong, because Mox has been such a huge part of AEW. To see him lose this match, you wonder where he is in title pictures. Mm -hmm. But one thing we have seen... This was the 11-year anniversary of The Shield, by the way, today. One thing we have seen is that Seth, for example, when he wasn't in a title picture, was able to do feuds that went multiple uh, week, multiple match, multiple whatever, and tell stories inside of those. And there is no question in my mind Moxley can do that and build your company from the middle. You? Mm -hmm. No, not at all. You think he can do it? I think he can do it, yeah. I think that's where his character has to go for a little... I'm not saying he's done winning titles. I'm saying that's where his character's going right now for a right. little bit, I believe. Right. Okay, we have Hikaru Shida versus Timeless Tony Storm in an AEW World's Women's Championship match. Uh, I know... I thought it was a very good women's championship match. match. Yes. Um, it just, it does peeve me a little bit just how much they seem to hate Sheeta over at AEW. Like, she, she was on such a good run, and she just loses it at the next pay-per-view again. Uh, which, I mean, it's cool. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm happy with the stuff that Tony's doing now, but I also kind of think that Tony didn't really need a belt. Um, I, I don't know. It's I I am interested to see where it goes, but I, I do. It, I just uh, it, heart goes out to Sheeta. I get what you're saying with Sheeta. 
it felt like this, the first championship runs she had weren't as good as what this was. Or they didn't start. She was having good matches. She felt great. The crowds were behind her. She, the, the, I think what we, what we saw tonight from, from AEW2, when we include the, the other women's match we're going to talk about, their women's division is getting better uh, at wrestling. Absolutely. And so that was she could finally get into some things with some people she could sink her teeth into. They didn't have to be gimmicky. She could just have good matches. And I do get where you're going. But I think that sometimes a character breaks through. And I think Tony Khan believes Tony Storm's character has broken through on a level where it's time to see if this character is what it needs to be with the belt. I get what you're saying because there's a lot going on there, right? Maybe maybe one of the few qualms with the MJF title run is there's so much going on around him. It's right. it's not just I'm defending a belt. It's I have a best friend. It's That's, he's got best friends. Yeah. It's he's got whatever. With her, okay, we already have the new sidekick that's involved in all of this in um, Maria May. Uh, shout out to her breaking through. I remember her on the wrestling in the wrestling Twitter world years ago. She wasn't even a wrestler yet. She just wanted to be, and she's worked her way through, went through New Japan, went through the European circuits, made it all the way to the – I don't I – don't, it's – AEW a step up from stardom? I, I I mean I wouldn't say that straight up, but I mean it. it I mean it's she 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 went from stardom to AEW. She transitioned. From She's stardom. yeah. She got to where she wanted to be. Yeah. Shout out to her. Congratulations. But that's a lot, right? She's yeah. She's over the top character, and she's got. Somebody that's kind of following around and blowing. You got Luther involved, and then she, does she even really know what's really going on? Right. And but right now it is working, and I get where they're going, and I'm, I'm not disappointed at all. What did you think about the ladder match? Fun as hell. Ricky Starks, Super Big Bill, FTR, Roosh, Dralistico, uh, uh, House of Black, Malachi Black, and Brody King. Fantastic spots were nuts. Yeah, the 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 champs retain. Uh, Ricky Starks is a much better hot tag. So obviously you don't have tags in here, but he did have his moment that was hot tag ish. Yeah, where he was going crazy on people. It worked. He's he's cool. He's smooth. He him tossing the belt down to Big Bill before he grabs the other one himself was great. There were some moments that were a little weird in there, but. Overall, it's just really hard to have that many moving parts without some weird right. moments. I, I I thought it was great. Absolutely. And to this point, everything we had seen was great. Absolutely. Right? And then we move into the TBS championship match. Chris Statlander, Scott Blue, Julia Hart. Fantastic. It was it was it was a banger. Dude, yeah. I'm going to say this is one of my favorite matches. Favorite women's matches in AEW history. Hmm. It was, and what I like about it is two of your competitors, Julia Hart and Sky Blue, are younger competitors. We haven't had them on our TVs for that long. 
and they went out there and gave us a fantastic performance. And Statlander was immaculate. She was not only the base of all the complicated moves, when she was the aggressor, she was pummeling these young ladies. When they had to double team her to to get her at a disadvantage, she absorbed the punishment. She had a huge role to play here. Heart and Blue did delve into their relationship a little bit here and there. But you know what it didn't do? It didn't feel overbooked. No. Crazy, right? You know how hard it is to have a match with this many moving parts and you're trying to tell stories inside of that and yet you don't overbook it. Yeah, yeah. We, it's hard to do. Yeah, hard to do. Almost like it. they kind of fumbled doing it at some point in the show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. But I thought it was great. Heart yeah, great goes match. over, which um, I think is fantastic. Yeah, I'm happy about that. Yeah. I think Hart, I, I think not only is not only am I happy that they seem to be stra- strapping a rocket to Hart, but I also think that it's good that I think that Hart's kind of improving as a wrestler and I I haven't seen her in like a, a mid-match in a while. Right? She's she, been having good she, stuff on like collision and Absolutely. She has improved as a wrestler. She has improved as a presence. She has improved as a speaker. It does not feel weird at all that they've already put this mid-card belt on her. It feels apropos. It is well done. Yeah. Right? Okay. Now, we're going to move on to what you say is a match of your candidate. Texas Deathmatch, Hangman Pace, Swerve Strickland. You guys said biblical when you were talking about it. It it felt like Paige was trying to bring the wrath of Hades with him. Yes. I, he when, jumps him right out to shoot before he starts. Go. Yeah, no, it's just like when there is, when I say that wrestling is like art, right? Mm-hmm. Or when, like, I think professional wrestling can be art. Like, there is this match, and I, like, I wouldn't show somebody this match to be like, oh, yeah, this is what professional wrestling is or whatever. But this match, there is beauty in this brutality, mm-hmm. right? When Hangman, when they, these two just like reach a point where they're just like hurting each other. And because they just, Hangman needs to prove to himself, to his family, to everyone that he still is like, <laughs> that he can punish Swerve for what he did. Swerve broke into his house. Swerve mocked him for all this stuff, and then Hangman brought that all that back to him, and then unleashed like hell upon him. Like the stuff that happened in this match was insane. But I also think like having Swerve win was like it was such a difficult booking decision to make, but it was also the right one, and I respect it so much. I I don't know. I think this I think this match was just perfect from start to finish. I I don't think I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. What I love about this, to your point, Swerve had to win because Swerve is now a made man. Yeah, this... He had to win the big feud in order to challenge for a title. The title. The world title. And a guy like Paige, in this situation, Paige, 
Swerve proved to the AEW faithful that he is willing to, as a performer, go through all the punishment that can be dished out to a person and be championship worthy. Mm. Hangman, on the other hand, as a character, has lost multiple big feuds now recently. He lost this feud because he was trying to defend his family, and yet his family at work, the elite, his family at work, the Dark Order, were nowhere to be found as Swerve's family came down to protect Swerve. Absolutely. Also, his family with the fans, you know, with the crowd, there's like this ever-growing, ever-present, just constantly... Uh, bubbling tension that Hangman has with the crowd and with the elite and with everything. And this match felt like he was trying to prove something to them. Prove that he could, like, what he was willing to do. And what he could do, what he was capable of. And watching him lose was devastating. Absolutely devastating. It hurt. This man was defending the honor of his wife and children. And yet he is unable to get up to the count of ten. Now, where does this character go? We have seen this character lose his family before. We have seen his character on its own before. We have seen him admit to insecurities as a man and come all the way back from that and win the title. And now here he is probably at a lower point than he was then. How does this character turn that around and get back? As they say, when the horse throws you, you got to get back on the horse. Mm. And he's got to do that. The cowboy has to do that. I think it's a beautiful storytelling they had there. Golden Jets versus Young Buck. I did not think this was beautiful storytelling. Um, I Look, the match was good, right? It was. It was frustratingly good. It was good. Uh, just like the match with Takeshita and Jericho. It was frustratingly good. But Jericho still won. And listen. Omega won. Well, Omega won. Mm-hmm. I th- Listen. I think that pissy and childish Young Bucks is best Young Bucks. And that's what they were okay. tonight. And that's what they were tonight. I think, I think, I love the Young Bucks when they're being like this cowering, sniveling, uh, these little brats, right? That's, that's, I think that's who, I think that's like who they are as professional wrestlers. Mm-hmm. I think that's their place. Mm-hmm. I do not, I just do not, I fundamentally disagree with Jericho and Kenny. Just being there, just, I, I just disagree with this match even having like a purpose. I disagree with there being a need for Jericho to be involved in the elite. There and being a need for Jericho to be involved with Kenny. Um, I'm also growing tired of the elite's constant infighting. I wish that Bucks and Kenny would get to be able to tell a different story. Um, but no, they're in this never-ending story um, where they're just constantly breaking in and out and having these constant infights. Um... I also wish Jericho were able to tell other stories other than the constant Jericho-verse stories that he tells, but um, 
Uh, th that just, I've lost all hope in that. Um, but yeah, good match, I guess. I'll say this. The story here was probably supposed to be the splintering of the elite to the point where they cannot get back together, freeing up Omega to not be in triple threat matches anymore, probably freeing up Omega to get back into the single circuit now that he is more healthy than he once was. After a short run as a tag team prior to Jericho probably going heel on him at some point. Absolutely. That being said, I just don't understand why Jericho is in any of this, like you said. They could this could have been done with Coda. Yes. And it would have made so much sense for Kota Ibushi to be and they, the person that makes them jealous. Literally, that's the, like the story they've told for like f 10 years at this point. That like, and it's, it, it, it just, I don't know why for, there's no reason for the Bucks to have any type of jealousy or whatever for Jericho and Kenny. Because they just don't, yeah. Somebody backstage believes that the Young Bucks and Omega having backstage tension with Punk for real and with some of the rest of the locker room for real is more interesting than it really is. Yeah. Because Omega probably doesn't have heat in the locker room. No. It's the Bucks. And may, I don't know who made the decision that we need to play this out in front of everybody and that somebody like Jericho is the guy that needs to be doing I'll digress from that. Okay. It was a good match, though. And I did like that Omega was the, the key hero in the whole thing when it was over. Uh -huh. Now, let's get to the world championship match. As we know, MJF gets hurt in the... Moving on to a non-event match. Uh, it was frustrating. We're going to say that right now. It was frustrating because we're going to wrap this up just, with this one talk. And we're going to say right away that we think this pay-per-view was fantastic. We appreciate it. We don't feel like we got cheated. But my Lord, did they overbook this thing. I will say this. When I have discussed all of my issues with MJF since he's turned face, this feels as if it is the complete and utter breaking point for me. I think that every trope that MJF goes for constantly in his babyface matches that now sometimes would make me roll my eyes actively made me disinterested in this match and its outcome. I think that not only that, I think... There's a fundamental issue with, issue with this match. They did not build up this match in a way where it felt like it had any heat going into it. So they felt the need to do this whole storyline with MJF having his knee injured and having to work through that. But despite that, being able to successfully do a kangaroo kick um, on MJF, on, on Jay White. And the kick-up. In the kip-up, being able to successfully 
take down the whole Bullet Club gold, making them all look like buffoons. Uh, just complete, complete. Randomly leaping over the top rope from inside the ring with one leg, supposedly after having a full head of steam and jumping over the top rope through cutter. Fantastic move. If that moves in the match, you can't be selling a leg injury. Literally, but <laughs> not even that. He, Adam Cole messed up twice. To twice. cost him the match, and neither time did it do and it. Neither time. It felt like there was this impenetrable wall around MJF. Mm-hmm. Right? It's it's the, the my exact issue with, like, Roman and Cena. Babyface Roman. Babyface Cena, yes. I, I, or I even heel Roman now. Well, heel Roman uh, now, though he uses three people to help him. Yes. He doesn't overcome three people. Yeah, but let's dive into it it this way. Let's dive into it this way. Okay, first of all, MJF's hurt. He leaves in an ambulance. He tells an injured Adam Cole, and Britt Baker will point this out to you. She did on Twitter. Adam Cole, with a air cast on his leg, is allowed to go on crutches into the ring to supposedly wrestle a match as it has been advertised, the final match. Adam Cole is defending MJF's belt. MJF, please don't let them take my title. Nobody tries to stop this match of the one man who had foot surgery earlier, right? Then MJF comes plowing down in an ambulance, gets out, hobbles to the ring, and 20 people try to stop him from getting in the match. And this is straight from Britt Britt Baker's ex-feet. She's the one looking. And and she didn't. I didn't mean to cuss right there. It was a slip. It wasn't like she was saying my husband was in jeopardy right there because she knew better. She knew this was a ruse. She's literally making fun of the silliness of the fact that for some reason MJF is not going to be allowed to wrestle in this match when Cole somehow is. Then we get the match Cole uh, with Cole on the outside. Like you said, he screws up. We have the gun club there besides the one who got hit in the head the night before. Um, there was so much. Juice was not allowed to be there because he was supposedly hurt. Okay, so they kick out the tag team, the gun club, out. But they do manage to come in anyway and interfere later. Right. MJF beats them both up with one punches with the, with the diamond on his pinky. He knocks out. It was so over the, like, if was, you would have booked was so much excess fat on this match that did not need to be there. hundred percent. All you had to do was have MJF say, I don't know if I can wrestle and lay there on the thing. Nobody thought he wasn't going to wrestle. Have him lay there on the trainer's table till time to go out. Have Cole say, Hey, if I need to, I'll go out there and you won't lose your belt because your belt won't really be on the line. Right? Something stupid like that. MJF, no. It's my responsibility to defend this title. I'm going to do it. You didn't need the ambulance. You didn't need all that mess. You didn't need Cole coming down there and acting like he was going to get in the ring. the, The stuff on the side, right? If you don't do all the mess before then him accidentally handing the belt to the wrong guy and accidentally handing the ring to the wrong guy can feel differently, right? Because mm-hmm. now you don't know if Adam Cole is the devil yet, right? So maybe he's purposely handing these guys the belts, right? 
But you didn't even really play that upright. It just was like clutter for clutter. And it, look, MJF is a great wrestler. Jay White is a great wrestler. But let's let's get back to the core issue with this whole thing. You've got Jay White, and you want me to respect the history of pro wrestling outside the WWE. That's that's your uh, mission statement in some ways if you're AEW. Your mission statement is what happens in Japan matters too, guys. What happens in other companies matters too, guys. So you take this guy who was a star in Japan and you put him in a feud with MJF, but he never gets to be in a feud with MJF by himself. No, they his need feud, Samoa Joe. His, did Samoa Joe? They need Wardlow? Wardlow's involved they in this. They need the devil? The, there's a devil. You, Jay White and MJF wasn't enough. Jay White rolls to the ring with three guys, and that wasn't enough for this baby face. We've got to line up his next six months' worth of matches, which tells me, you know what? You know what he's not going to do? Lose matches because he's already got six months' worth of matches lined up. There was never, there was literally never, there was never a second where I thought that, oh, MJF might lose this. No. No. And if you treat, now, now, what do we do with MJF? What, what do we do with Jay White now? Jay White is no, we took a guy that the whole world thinks is capable of being the top heel in the world. And at the time that you, are turning your top heel baby face, you ignore that placement and you pull all of the venom out of Jay White. Because not only did he lose, he wasn't even the most important thing in, in his own feud with the world champ and his whole faction got beat up by a one-legged man. And Adam Cole didn't even help. Matter of fact, he hurt. So... In, in essence, MJF overcame his helper plus an entire faction with one leg. Makes sense. I, I it's crazy. It's it's just and what stinks the most is it's the last match of the card, so you don't think about the best match of the card. Oh. Right. You remember remember um you, you were the one who talked about it, I think to me, when you know Seth has this banger match, but Brock Lesnar with AJ Styles, I think. Yeah. And Brock Lesnar gets the money in the bank. So the next day nobody talks about the fact that you had a legitimate yeah. candidate for a four or fiver. We're talking about Brock doing a dance with the money in the bank thing. Yeah. It's just it's man. What do you want your people to remember when it's over? Because these characters at the end of a pay-per-view have to move on to something else. Jay White can't look venomous right now. No. Because you defanged him. At his one shot at the world title, you defanged him. Polar opposite of what you did for Swerve. What you did with Swerve was 100% perfect. 
what you did in the women's tree, the women's triple threat match with all the candidates. Your champion loses, but she takes. She basically wrestles a handicap match mm. because it's a triple threat. It's okay, right? Because they team up. But what did you do? She looks strong, yeah. and you got a new champ that looks good. And you didn't oversell all the storylines around all of that. Nobody's perfect. And this was a fantastic pay-per-view with something work. Because if you simplify Jay White, MJF, it's a good match. If you take all that away and let them just go out there and give you the banger, and MJF could have done that move without the fact that he was hurt, and you can kind of get behind that, both these guys can go-go. All you had to do was give them 25 minutes and get out of the way. You didn't have to do anything else. 25 minutes, tell them to finish, get out of the way. And you could have got it. But let's digress. Tony, we love you. Appreciate your time. Appreciate what you've done for pro wrestling. But, man, I wish that last match would have been a little different. This is me, KP. That's Ray. Absolutely. Thank you to our friends. Again, Project D, G-I-N-N, Project.com. Thank you for our friends at Galactic for putting our pod out there. Thank you, our friends from Daily Smart, for putting our pod out there. Thank you for coming back to us after a little bit of a hiatus. Life's crazy sometimes. We're going to try to be a little bit more frequent again and get back, get this thing back rolling. But for right now, enjoy pro wrestling. Enjoy any form of storytelling wherever you can find it if it really moves you. Thank you, and go home. Go home.